0: Hello and welcome to Composer Chat, a podcast where we talk a little about music, a little about life, and a whole lot about whatever nonsense happens to come up otherwise. I'm your host, Jason Nitsch, and each week I am joined by one of my favorite composers out there in the world. It's my show, so that's why it's my favorite composers who get the invites, and you're just going to have to live with that. Stick around, we're going to do a deep dive with some of the most creative people in the world. You're listening to Composer Chat. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Composer Chat. I'm your host, Jason Nitch. Yes, I'm a composer. Yes, I'm here every week, but each week I'm joined by a guest composer of my own selection, and we'll spend the next hour talking about them with frequent interruption by me this week. I'm super excited to welcome a great friend to the podcast. Uh, Welcome to the show, Alex Gardner. Hello, Alex.
1: Hey, Jason. Thanks so much for selecting me for your podcast. I'm super psyched to be
0: here. Well, yeah. you said yes. So you met all the criteria.
1: <laughs> Sounds fun. We always have good talks, so why not record them, right? <laughs> we do
0: have good talks. I think we probably shouldn't go as far as we normally do when we have our talks. We should keep this. This is a family show.
1: Fair. So, Fair.
0: Um, so, you know, we'll we'll just do like we'll do like a 30 percent of, of of a normal Alex Jason talk. Um so, uh, Alex, for people that aren't as familiar with you and your work as I am, can you give us like the quick, brief thirty-second overview of like um, what uh, what kind of things do you do? You write. What are you interested in?
1: Yes, I am a composer, and I write music for instruments and electronics, often in combination, but not always. And you know, I write for all the different sizes of things, from soloists to large ensembles like orchestra. And band, um, and in addition to that, I, I have a background as an audio engineer, so I do audio production, which I love. And I also um, teach or I do career development consulting for composers as well, sort of help composers, other composers uh, figure out the stuff that you don't get taught in school.
0: All the things that you don't get taught. That's a lot.
1: That is a lot. It's a shocking lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a whole lot. Well, very cool. Um. So Alex, let's talk a little bit about your origin story in music. How'd you get involved in music when you were growing up? What was your kind of entry point into music making?
1: Growing up, I studied piano. Um. I think I started when I was like, nine and my mom took me and she actually started taking lessons at the same time that I did. And we took lessons, you know, one after the other for many years. Um, I also sang a lot in choirs in school and in, in churches and stuff. And, uh, but I didn't, I never considered becoming a composer at all until college. Um, I enrolled for, just because I thought it would be fun, I enrolled for an electronic music class and it just like blew my mind completely. And I didn't, it just hadn't occurred to me that I could like make my own sounds and make my own compositions, you know, make my own sounds and arrange them in time, however I wanted, and that was totally awesome. And I was pretty much obsessed after after that. That so it cool. started with electronic music and then I you know decided to be a music major, which meant that I would learn all the other things in addition to that, you know theory and history and all the things. So that's how that started. Um, and I I stopped studying piano in college and started studying percussion, which I also really loved. Um, so I don't perform anymore, but I did for a little while.
0: Yeah, percussionists we are a special breed are we not?
1: We are. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Always always looking at the world and trying to think if I hit this object what kind of sound would it make. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's fun to hit things. It's totally fun to hit things. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh I think that I think that helps composing too. There you know there aren't a ton of composers who are percussionists so I know that for me you know when in doubt go for percussion and uh that's what i do i think that's kind of the opposite of what a lot of composers do a lot of a lot of folks i know are, are a little bit scared of the percussion so so i enjoy like the opposite
0: well it's a daunting section they're way in the back you can't see them mostly they're hiding behind stuff you don't know what they're up to they're a little mischievous it- already um, there are like eighty thousand these...
1: possibilities of things they could do, yeah. which is overwhelming. You and know? all these
0: funky symbols that go on their music and things. And yeah, I mean I can I can understand. It's interesting. I wonder, um I wonder if anybody's ever done a study of of what composers like primary instrument growing up was to see if there was a weird correlation between anything. Like, are you more likely to be a composer if you were a violin player than a viola player or something like that. I wonder,
1: yeah, that would be an interesting, I'd be interested to see. Yeah. What the shakedown of that, of that is, if anything, I mean, well, and I think there's, yeah, there's composers that play everything. Lots of So things. Well,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm mired in my own stalled dissertation. So somebody else is going to have to take that particular research on. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a great idea and you don't even have to credit me. Um, just put a plug for the podcast in the, in the reference list. That's very in the, generous. In the acknowledgements. I, I
1: think hopefully somebody will, will jump on that.
0: I bet. I bet we'll have answers by the end of next week.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and then the world will know. Um, well, let me ask this question besides that electronic music class, was there something, did you have any kind of experience listening to music or, or performing that made you think, gosh, that's really cool. I'd like to write something you know, like that?
1: Yes, I think there are several. Um, The, I was always very, I always felt very, you know, a connection to certain musics and I loved playing it and I loved listening to all kinds of music. So I was very connected to music growing up. My parents weren't musicians, but they loved music and it was on a lot in the house. And I, you know, and my piano teacher was very, um, even though she was super, super old school, she was very generous with her time. And I really wanted to play like some pop songs and some jazz things and stuff for musicals. And so our agreement was that, you know, I would practice what she thought I should practice, (laughs) but she would also work with me on these things, you know, that that I wanted to do and just like play them through with me and see how they were really supposed to sound and things like that. So I was really connected to, lots of different um, kinds of music. I really loved, you know, Prince and the police. And I was really at the time that the TV show version of Fame was on when I was in high school. And I was like, watched that religiously. It was like, oh, my God, you, people do this all day long. It's amazing. So um, just the emotional connection to music was something. But I do remember in, you know, in college, as Part of that electronic music class, I listened to um, Steve Reich's um, tape pieces, and particularly his piece, uh, Come Out. And it blew my mind because I love the idea that you could take something, you know, like a snippet of somebody who was interviewed. From the harlem riots who had a bad experience and transform that from something terrible into something beautiful and that's really what it wasn't so much the technique of the you know the his looping and stuff which was really cool and it but i think the whole the transformation of something terrible to something beautiful is really like oh me was very moving to me and I thought oh well if music can do that then I want to do music like that's what I want to do <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. so that that's was nice. a that was a big a big sort of moment like oh I have to do this because music can have a, an actual impact at least that was my thinking about it at the time yeah yeah yeah
0: I think um I think it's a really good point to make that uh, I think we all hope I think we all hope we're doing good in the world, but I think we all hope that what we're doing resonates with people.
1: Absolutely. I would like, I, I, I love the feeling that somebody can listen to something and sort of forget their daily troubles and be immersed in something that feels better. Yeah. Um, I should try that. (laughs) I know right <laughs> i forget myself sometimes <laughs>
0: yeah i think i know what i'm doing this afternoon now um, right
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's great well do you, okay uh, re- reach back in the memory banks do you do you remember uh do you remember your first piece
1: that you wrote at all what was my first piece I do it was a percussion duo like the first piece that kind of felt like oh I actually wrote a piece was a percussion duo that I wrote for myself and a friend to play in college and um, that was really satisfying to perform it and uh, people still play it like it's a good student piece and a lot of percussionists get um, you know get it for their students their young students to play it's just fun I was really inspired by taiko drumming at that time the Japanese oh, taiko uh-huh. drumming so I tried to sort of give it a little bit of that kind of dramatic back and forth vibe that that taiko drumming had so yeah it was fun to write and it was fun to play and that felt like a real like a real piece and I was like oh maybe I can do this you <laughs> know did you
0: did you do all the stick and the shell clicks and the, the hands? over I did. Over your I head did. I didn't do the
1: hands over the head. I didn't do like the the dramatic movement, but it did mm. have a lot of different sounds. And like I used the sticks that have a mallet on one side and then a drumstick, you know, a proper oh, drumstick yeah. on the other. And you would flip them to get a different sound. So there was a lot of timbrel differences, you know, in the piece. Yeah. But it's called earth moves. Um and uh yeah. That was, I love that. That was my first. I think my first piece that felt like a proper piece.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, and I I know what you mean because you write a lot of stuff that you think, well, this isn't really anything. I'm just gonna, I'm just practicing or whatever and figuring stuff out. That's cool. Yeah. Um, do you remember? Did you have like a, what was the moment, either like a performance or something you wrote or like where you. Heard something that you'd done and you thought, yeah, I I think, I think I can make a, make a career out of this. Like, I think I can really do this. Is there some kind of moment like that where you, that you can remember?
1: That's a good question. I think I was determined to do it before that moment came anyway. Which is fine. So I was already like, this is what I want to do. Period. Um, I think the first time was probably one of the first pieces I wrote in grad school. I, I was, I started out my master's degree at Cal arts in California, which I loved. And uh, I wrote a piece for a clarinetist who became a really good friend. Her name is Stephanie key. And you probably know her. She's in the Soli chamber ensemble in San Antonio, but we were, we were at Cal arts together and I wrote her a clarinet piece and She played it so beautifully that I was like, oh, (laughs) this is amazing. And having amazing performers to work with, yeah, just is like the best thing ever. Hearing, you know, just hearing a piece be played the way that you imagined it by somebody who really took time and care and put thoughtfulness into it and everything was very impactful. So, so I feel like that was. That was another like oh I wrote a real piece and a real person played the real piece and it's awesome so let's do more of this. (laughs) Um, I also like I also spent you know I took a break several years between between undergrad and grad school and I did uh, like purely electronic music for modern dance during that time. Nice. Um, and that went really well. Like I ended up getting, you know, quite a few commissions and just doing a lot of that. So, so um, that was also, that made me feel like, Oh, I can, you know, this is, this is doable. All of this, all of this stuff. So, so I like the collaborative nature of that work as well. And, uh, and I wrote, you know, a ton of pieces between the, the or wrote, recorded a ton of pieces between um college and grad school that were for for modern dance
0: that sounds like a lot of fun um we're going to talk later about about bucket list but that's one thing that's on my bucket list is is collaboration with with either a dance company or 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 a dancer or some some kind of visual performing ensemble um i've always wanted to do something like that i think that it would be great fun and it has not materialized so um email me. <laughs> <laughs> All you dancers Absolutely. out there in the world listening to my composer podcast. Uh um, that's right. Um, email hey, me dancers need music and dancers
1: also want want new things.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're and very in general, especially the modern dance world is very open to you know new stuff. Yeah. And I know and, there's uh,
0: somebody sitting at home right now thinking, if I just had the perfect piece in 2716 that I could dance to. Um, that my life would be complete.
1: That's right. And... <laughs> there must be somebody like that, That which but... reminds me the thing to keep in mind when working with dancers is that they speak a different language oh, yeah, than they we do. do. So like their counting is not our counting and things like that. Those are, those are things that I, that I learned on the job. Yeah. That, that um, it's really a very different language and it takes a while to, to learn how to communicate in a way that's like useful for everybody.
0: It's a very different language. Yes. Yeah. My favorite dance really unique dance counting story is I, I watched a, a dance teacher one time who was rehearsing their, their group. This was a student group and they were dancing to the, the mission impossible music, which of course is in five, uh, quite a, quite a bit of it. And so, um, they were not counting in five. They were counting one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. <laughs> okay. But like, you know what? Whatever works. But like, you know, the musician in me was like, that's, I can't, I can't watch and listen to you count it like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's always gonna be like that. That's <laughs> it. It's always gonna be like
0: that. And, it's always gonna be like that. Yeah. In my old age, I have adapted the the position of, yes. you know what, I'm at a whatever works stage of my life. So however anybody yes. needs to think about anything, you 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 go for it. Um but yeah. I think that's
1: a good way to be in general. It's too bad that we wait till old age to <laughs> to get there. Well, but whatever yeah. works is fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, stage youth, of
0: life. Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a country song. Um, Let's see. Uh, Do you have, um, I mean, uh, this is an easy question. Why am I like your favorite person in the world? This is not a real question from the podcast. (laughs) I just, I feel like I could ask you because, because we're friends (laughs) and you will give me a cheeky answer.
1: You are my favorite person in the world for your, for your, your contrast your contrast
0: I don't know what to think of that but I will take it the
1: dark and light uh contrast and I never know what I'm getting and I love it
0: one of those is a facade
1: <laughs> okay I don't know I feel like they've shifted
0: one of them's the real me the other one Okay is fake.
1: okay <laughs> And well, I think which begs the question: life. Are we actually friends? Am <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I friends with fake Jason or real Jason? I think both. Uh, you know what?
0: Uh, who knows? Only the universe knows. I guess so. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, sorry. Tangent. I have a
1: question for you. Slide bar. Yes. I have a question for you. Yeah. What What made you want to do this podcast?
0: That's not the way the podcast works, but I will take it.
1: Okay. <laughs> I what made me that. want to do
0: the podcast? Um, so I, I really, first, these are things, these questions I ask, and things that we talk about on the podcast are things I'm really interested in, partially because, as you know, um, composing is, can be, most often is kind of an isolated, uh, lonely world. <laughs> I mean, we talk a lot and we interact a lot with collaborators who are most likely musicians. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, ensemble directors, or we publishers, or or, or um, we we don't have times where we sit around a lot, you know, creative person to creative person and talk about some of these things, except for the unique times when we all happen to be in the same place at the same time. Things like in Midwest. You know, that's really a time when a lot of composers are around and you're just sitting around chatting because uh, the ensemble directors are all at concerts and um, and nobody's playing anything of yours so you're you're not there i'm not there <laughs> um and so it really came out of a lot of conversations like that you know starting with kind of like my close group of composer friends but then also like some of the conversations i've had at conventions and concerts and things like that and I, and and it just occurred to me that this is really if it's really interesting to me to hear about and to have people talk about there, maybe somebody else would be interested in hearing about this too. Cause we talk a lot about our music when we're out in public, we don't talk a lot. Maybe if you're in a seminar, maybe if you're, you're, you're visiting doing guest lectures and whatever with, with comp students, you might get into some of this, but, um, a lot of people don't get to hear about that kind of thing. How'd you get into this? How'd you end up writing? And it's really, that to me is the most interesting part. Um, both because I find people that took similar paths as I did, and I find people that took vastly different paths than I did, and they're all fine. Um, But I think it's interesting. Um, So that's kind of why. And um, that's
1: great. It is really interesting. It is. I mean, and you're right, you know, you get this kind of talk, but you know, when you're in grad school, and you have your classmates to hang out with, and stuff, and you get them at maybe at, as an adult at artist retreats and things like midwest and stuff but on a regular basis it's 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 not as much yeah so that is good i think this is a great idea what you're well, doing just,
0: just like the other podcast i'll keep doing it as long as people listen and and for me it's just enjoyable whether actually honestly whether anybody listens or not it's it's fun for me it's it's enjoyable for me i have a really good time uh hearing from from my colleagues, my contemporaries, people whose work I really love and respect and people who are doing really creative, um, fun things. So, um, so yeah, so I would do this, whether there was a podcast or not. Um, but I think recording it and letting other people hear it too, I think is a, a little important. Um, Cause I think I would love to have this kind of a conversation with Aaron Copeland or with, you know, Benjamin Britten or Malcolm Arnold or, you know, uh, Howard Hanson, you know, like we don't have that kind of, of, of record of, you know, kind of what some of those sort of people in the 20th century did. You start to get some videos and things, you know, once you get into the fifties and sixties, you start to get a little bit, but like, um, but it's also kind of cool. Like, you know, are we going to look back at this in 20 or 25 years? Um, and we have this now record of of, you know, how some of these um, how some of these really creative people you know got into their got into their work. I
1: don't know. Yeah, I think it's great. It is fun. Well, it being fun is the reason to do anything. Right. So, yes, that's you know, that's yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. And also, I think it's important because there are so many ways to get into music and there's not just one path and you're showing that by talking to a lot of different people. Right. And um, it's, you know, depending on where a composer starts and what they're being told by teachers or the world or whatever, you can get the impression that there's only one way to do this and that's absolutely not true. It is literally the wild West. Now you can do whatever. Yeah. So I love that you're talking to lots of people.
0: I mean, the first thing I got when I got to college was, well, you'll never be a, a composer because you don't play piano.
1: That's ridiculous. I
0: was like, well, I'm a percussionist. I play marimba. Like, it's not the same, but it's not like I don't understand. Right. You know, Keyboard oct- technique. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing. It's not like I don't get different clefs and octaves and... You know intervals and all that kind of stuff, and I don't know. That was that was literally the first day. I'm like, oh, you don't play piano. You're not going to be very good at this.
1: Okay,
0: delightful. By the way, I'm still not good at playing piano. (laughs) I don't think I've never been good at playing
1: the piano. I took lessons for years. I was good for maybe a minute.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I've talked before about how it seems silly that I was a percussionist for all those years, and that somehow playing piano just was. I don't know something about the finger independence uh just always caught up to me
1: mm.
0: like I can do hard. it that's
1: the hardest part
0: it's the hardest part in and, and and you know my friends would be like god but you're percussionist you do all this crazy stuff with your hands like yeah but the hands are just going opposite you know the individual digits are not working mm-hmm. independently like that I could do it it just took me so much time and practice to get to where I could do it that I just never enjoyed it and I I I regret very much that I'm not a good piano player because I'm, I'm very much appreciative of people that can do that, but
1: yeah, I regret that I stopped. I was really excited to stop because I was over it when I was young, but now I'm like, oh man,
0: it's never too late to start again. Should have
1: kept going. Now I do. I, I play sometimes very badly, but not for others, Just <laughs> for myself. And I use it. I use a keyboard to write. So that's fine. You know. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, um, okay. Well, we took a sidebar. That's fine. We love our side, our side trips here.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I had a great long conversation about baseball with, uh, with Jennifer Jolly. So uh, we, we enjoy our good, um, our good distractions in the middle of the podcast. I don't know if everybody else does, but I don't care. Um, Okay. Let me ask you this. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have a great, you have a great um, rejection story or something that, that you wanted to Uh. do that didn't work out? Like, that you that it's okay to talk about I don't want you to get <laughs> I don't want you to to be in a bad place but
1: no I'm not going to relive a trauma that's okay right? um, <laughs> um let's see well I don't think I have anything that I mean there's lots of things that we all want to do that we don't necessarily get to do like I would I really I really would have liked to have been able to work with like John Cage and Merce Cunningham because I love modern dance like Mm. I really wanted doing something for Merce Cunningham would have been like a huge bucket list but he passed away so yeah off the table but that's okay you know um other than that you know I feel like I've been really lucky one thing that I think um is really important is tenacity when there's things that you want to do. For instance, I really wanted to go to to McDowell when I was younger. Really, 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 really wanted to, and it took me, I think, seven tries before I finally got in. Yeah. And I think I was waitlisted the first time, and and then I got off the waitlist. Was able to go, and that was very exciting. And then, but then I, you know, was able to go again after that, a few years after that. So, um, I definitely understand that it takes many, many it can take many, many tries to to do something that you want to do, and it doesn't always work out. But sometimes it takes seven tries, or ten tries, or fifteen tries, and you just gotta keep keep going. Yeah, I think that's really that's really important. A lot of people get frustrated after the second or third try, and I'm like, nope, you got to keep, yeah, yeah
0: keep yeah. it
1: up. <laughs> and that's it's nothing. A, it's nothing to. It's not about your talent or whether you're. You know, it's nothing about you. Right. It's that it's a very competitive field, and everybody wants to do the things. And you know, yeah, very much. Just that's takes a good point. Energy.
0: We, I don't think that we talk enough about the kind of persistence that being a composer takes
1: it takes Um, i mean you gotta have it yeah you just gotta
0: and you gotta be really okay with rejection Mm -hmm. because just over and over and over again Mm -hmm. um i made a joke one time i was doing a composer talk and i said uh, i made that comment that you have to be okay with rejection i said in that way being in high school was great preparation for being a composer (laughs) um yeah they laughed kind of awkwardly too (laughs) but there's a lot of of truth there and yeah and I've talked before about you one of my very favorite pieces of mine that I wrote it and I thought this is amazing this is the best thing I've ever done in my life I played it for other people Jason this is the best thing you've ever done in your life I sent it to publishers they went no we don't think so (laughs) like (laughs) for years you know it took several years before before it finally caught on with the publisher and then guess what it does Mm. it does very well people play it all the time because it's one of the best things i've ever written but you know if i hadn't just kept i hadn't kept pushing yeah you know yeah don't let a gatekeeper don't let a gatekeeper
1: tell you that it's not gonna happen that's that is not true
0: we won't even talk about like like composition contests or.
1: Oh, no. You no know, Those, those, those are, things. No.
0: no. Yeah, no, no. I wouldn't be mad if I won a Pulitzer one day, but you know, the rest of it, I'm fine. Like I don't need yeah. all the other things.
1: I mean, I think if there's things that you want to apply for that are important to you that feel like they would be really satisfying, then you should absolutely go for it without any expectation. Yeah. That you, you can, that it's going to work out. And if it does, you will be, I'm a fan of keeping the bar really low (laughs) expectation so that if something happens, you can be like, oh, that's amazing. I didn't expect that at all. You know, this is why
0: you and I are great friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We keep the bar low. Yeah.
0: We set the bar at the same place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if anything good comes out of it, you're like, "Wow, that was cool. I didn't expect that at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious what are you can you say what piece that was that that you it tried was, so uh, hard? To...
0: it was it was my piece it is well that's the setting of uh, it's well with my soul oh
1: yeah,
0: I maybe sent it to you. you maybe heard it it did
1: that was really um, good
0: yeah, yeah i I wrote it and and I really did think I thought you know I, and i I never write something and think, man, this is really great. I always think, well, this might be okay. And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking when I got finished with it, I thought, I really think this is kind of special. And it turns out it is, but it took me a long time to find the right publisher that agreed with me. And, um, and you know, yeah, you just keep, you just keep going. And now I see them, I'll see them in a couple of weeks and I I will, I will elbow a few of them and go, Hey, do you remember when you passed on it as well? <laughs>
1: That's a shame that you passed on that. Dude. That could yeah. have been here,
0: that could have been here <laughs> on your shelf, but instead, it's a couple aisles over. <laughs> you know,
1: like yeah, it's doing really well. And
0: it as well is doing really well. Doing um, great. Yeah, that's so, that's really that's yeah, really good. That was, I think that, that was the piece. I think
1: you made an important point. If the if you feel like what you did is special, then it's freaking special. Like yeah. end of story. You get it out there. I mean, one of the things that I work with composers a lot on is you know. Is like using their words to just to express the special thing that they have made. Like, why is it special? Why should you, publisher, take my thing that is awesome? You know, right. But I think that that's, you know, if it if it makes you if it lights you up and you did it and you think it's the best thing that you ever did, then it is and got to get it out there. And it and you're right, it may take a really long time to, you know, yeah get things accepted i i feel like a lot of my pieces um have taken at least 5 years to catch on yeah but when they catch on they catch on right you know yeah um so
0: you're you're right about so that
1: so i have that i have that timeline in my head now and i don't get disappointed if it doesn't get played you know by everybody <laughs> right away you know like i did when i was 27 or whatever you know
0: Well, and you know, the other benefit to me is now I know I've already written my best piece. It's, it's a couple of years behind me, so I can reset the expectation back to where it goes. (laughs) There you go. There we go. There we go. Although I have, yeah, I don't know. I've written a few things since then that I think are close seconds, but that piece for me is always going to be like, that's my Mount, it's my Mount Rushmore. They're going to play it at my funeral. Uh, That's so both, great. It's both, great to
1: have a piece that feels that good.
0: Both people can hear it. um That, that come, they'll probably be live streaming funerals by then. They, people won't even go to them, right? They'll just be on. Them. You get a Zoom link. Tune in oh, at eleven no. a.m. for the celebration of life.
1: <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh, Dark Jason is coming out.
0: <laughs> oh come on! Come on! Come on! Um, yeah, it's it's uh, you're. This episode's coming out in in january i think but it's december now so i'm in the holiday spirit. oh okay. <laughs> i don't know which ghost of christmas past i most relate to but it's one of them.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay all right back on track. hold on back on track. um so you've talked a little bit about some of this but do you have some you have some bucket list projects on your future to do list things that you would like to do or things that are coming up?
1: um Right now, I'm working on a concerto for alto saxophone and band. Cool. So that's been really fun. It's with for my friend, um, the saxophonist Sarah Hetrick, who oh, teaches wonderful. at the University of Arkansas. And she and I have been um, working together for several years, and I really love her. So I'm excited to write something especially for her and for another band piece. Um, we're putting together a consortium for it. So that's so that's been really fun um, to do as well. And I'm excited for that. As far as bucket list items, at some point I would really like to do music for a ballet. Mm. That would make me happy.
0: Yeah. That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah. I would like to do that. And I kind of have an ongoing obsession about putting out some kind of album of ambient electronic music.
0: Yes. Do it. Totally
1: different than, you know, what I've been doing lately. So that, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. So I think I'm going to try to carve out time for that. asap. You
0: absolutely do it. Yeah. I had the most fun putting out my chamber music CD last year and I'm already, I'm already thinking about what the next one Is going to be like and i think that's a lot of fun and that that was kind of it for me too i'm going to do something real different not my normal my normal stuff and 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 really get really explore some things that are interesting to me and i i had a blast doing it i worked with some great performers um who recorded them for me and um and a lot of it electroacoustic as you as you probably are not surprised to hear
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: that sounds wonderful Um, yeah
1: it'll be fun I I have such a I have a huge backlog of um electronic music material that never made it into my other pieces that you know sounds that I was like oh I love this totally doesn't fit with this thing draft yeah you know so I set it aside and you know I have a big a big stash of unused fun things so I'm gonna Start playing with that and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think people would be very surprised to learn the amount of things that are written, or tracks that are created, or sounds that are created that never make it into anything because it just isn't the right thing. Yeah, most of them. (laughs) Most of them,
1: honestly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I tend to limit my. I I tend towards a sort of like for towards a minimalist vibe in general. So I generate a ton of material and then the palette that I <clears throat> excuse me end up with at the end is so small compared mm. to the amount of material that I generated so yeah there's a lot of extra a lot on the cutting room floor as they say so that's cool yeah I,
0: especially in the electronic world I'm a kind of a kid everything but the kitchen sink person like can I fit one more thing in what's one more <laughs> thing I can add to this you know
1: um yeah it's always tempting
0: it's very tempting. And I eventually I don't ever really stop. I just run out of time. <laughs> and I go, well, I right. guess that's it. I guess that's it for this one. I guess, guess we're I'm done. done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On to the next thing. Let me start yeah. again. Well, um, do you have any uh, oh, do you do you ever deal with oh man, I'm getting way off script here. I'm gonna have to cut my own my own mess up out of the out of the show. No, I'm gonna leave it in for posterity. Um, mm-hmm. This is an important question. And I, I, I get, I'm always fascinated by this answer. Do you have anything that you have purchased for your studio or for your workspace? Uh, it can be anything, it can be technology, it can be whatever, um, that when you got it completely changed like the way that you worked.
1: Yes, it, that's easy. I a couple of years ago, I bought a desktop mac instead of using a laptop which i had used for you know laptops which i have used for 20 years or something and you know it was starting to be post-pandemic and i was like i'm not really traveling as much as i used to i don't really do i need a laptop i need i know i need a new computer so maybe i'm just gonna go crazy and get a desktop and i uh, it's a you know pretty big one a 27 inch um Mac and it's quite souped up. And the thing that I, the thing that is important about it to me, weirdly, is that I decided to spring for the special glass on the screen that is—it's some kind of crushed glass, something I don't know—that that reduces eye strain. Yeah, and it was worth every penny. It works, every huh? penny. Oh, it works so well. My eyes never get tired. Gee, I list. mean. it's really it was worth every penny also this thing is a monster you know i can run (laughs) everything on it and it makes me happy just the screen real estate is very significant i mean i wrote like two band pieces and an orchestra piece on a laptop yeah so this feels good
0: (laughs) i don't know how i ever survived writing on a laptop without you know more monitors Mm mm-hmm like like once I went to I've got three really now and and sometimes I think you know what maybe one more maybe I just get one more and I could squeeze it over here I could mount it on the here or I could do this or yeah yeah." and then pretty soon like my my wall of my studio starts to look like a sports bar where they're playing like five football games at once (laughs) I've got all these screens
1: hey if it works (laughs) But it, it works. works.
0: But I think the same thing. How did I ever write music on a laptop, you know, yeah. 20 years ago? Yeah. Um. But I did. Apparently I yeah. did.
1: I did it. I did, I it. did it. But boy, I, well, of course, the problem is I'm terribly spoiled now. So yeah, with all this screen real estate. So yeah, when no, I, I use I a laptop, I'm like, oh, not acceptable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I can do it. I just don't like it.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah. Um,
0: that's cool. I I switched to Mac oh late in twenty twenty two. Oh my goodness! And uh, yeah, I was always a PC person, and um, and I switched, and I love it. I love my. I got a MacBook. I love it. It's the, I'm never never going back. It's the best thing ever. I had all the other wow. Mac things. I had the iPhone. I had the iWatch. I had the iPad. I had the mm-hmm. Apple TV at home, but. I'm just going to go like, why keep this one thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with Macs. Like my first, my first computer was a Mac. So there, I just never switched. So I think
0: mine was too. I think I had an Apple 2G or something like, Mm -hmm. like maybe the first one or one of the first ones that had a mouse. Yeah. I had, and I pretty, I think in school I had one that didn't have. There was no mouse it was just all you know, type in your commands and things way back in the whatever but yeah yeah i've gone to mac i uh i find it highly enjoyable after i figured the shortcuts out again on everything um, yeah which are which are close yes. but they're but they're not quite the same yeah um cool well um let me ask you this do you ever deal with writer's block
1: oh every day <laughs> yeah right yeah sure yeah writer's block i mean yes i do when i have writer's block it depends how bad it is you know i'll often just step away take a walk do something get my mind off it and then come back in a while um yeah I find doing, yeah, stepping like, away really... once in a, once in a while. I'm like, I have, I'm stuck on this, but I know that I need to do X, Y, and Z process and that will help. So, you know, work out this chord progression or, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, I just need to sit my butt down and maybe write this out by hand first. And that will help. And I, by this, at this time, I, you know, at, this time of my life I kind of know what I need to do to get over it yeah so so I do those things I can usually feel what what it requires does it require being outside or does it require (laughs) staying here and doing my homework properly
0: (laughs) are we going to baby this along or are we just going to squeeze it you know until something pops out yeah right right yeah I find the same way Yeah. Um, Very cool. Well, do you have any any hobbies or non music interests that you like to do in your spare time?
1: I love to kayak.
0: Kayak.
1: Yes. Um, My partner and I joined a kayak.
0: Surprising thing you've said that I did not expect. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like to kayak. Um,
0: How have we never talked about this before? You've been keeping your kayaking secret this whole time. Well,
1: because I I only started like a year and a half ago seriously doing it. Like I would kayak once or twice a year <laughs> before that, but my partner and I joined a <laughs> kayak club this summer okay, with a friend right. in Baltimore and they have several sites where you can go and, you know, pick up a kayak and go go paddle around and it's really great. I love it. It really being on the water sort of clears my head and and uh and i love it yeah kayaking is my summertime happy thing to do i'm also a pretty big i'm a pretty big like exercise person so i do a lot of walking and i do some weightlifting and assorted stuff so nice. physical activity in general hiking i love hiking being outside makes me happy
0: mm, i'm from texas so we like <laughs> air conditioning <laughs> Yeah, and the shade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 December. It's seventy degrees today. You know, like
1: that's perfect though. That's the perfect temperature for doing things. I want it to be cold. Oh, okay. If
0: I've got to listen to that Mariah Carey Christmas on the radio, then I want it to be cold.
1: Okay. Well, you need to move, my friend.
0: Well, yeah. (laughs) I did. I tried that for a while. Okay. (laughs) Came back. I'm not sure. Not sure why. Um. Awesome. Well, I need better hobbies. Clearly. Um, <laughs> well, um, we are we're coming to the end, and as you well know, as a as an avid listener of the podcast, we always end with the ten frivolous, superficial, uh, non consequential questions, of which I am told um, I don't always ask ten questions. <laughs> okay but as okay. as i ha, uh, as i have, have now begun pointing out to everyone um that's what it says on my script is that this is the 10 question segment so that's what i'm going to keep calling it and if it ends up being nine um i'm fine with it so you should be too if it ends up being Sounds 11 good. that's a bonus you just just take that one and stick it in somebody's else's interview where I, I shorted them a question but um Anyway, so it's time for 10 questions and um, um, none of, none of your answers are consequential in any way. So.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Hit me. The
0: easy easy part of the, of the day. And sometimes the most fascinating. Um, um, Alex Gardner, do you have a favorite food?
1: Favorite food. Ooh, that's hard because I like my food. Um, I like Mm. lots of foods. I think, one of my favorite things is breakfast for dinner,
0: oh okay,
1: so like,
0: so what's that eggs, look like then?
1: That looks like eggs, bacon, maybe waffles, that yeah. kind of thing. any kind of egg concoction will do um but that is a a cozy a cozy dinner cozy, comforting <laughs> dinner to me, and it makes me happy always. I, I I'll never turn down breakfast for dinner,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm a big yeah, I could eat breakfast at any time, really.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Breakfast will work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but people look at you really strange if you like first thing in the morning, like have a big slice of pecan pie. Like, why is that weird? I can eat I can eat eggs at seven at night, but why can't I eat pie at seven in the morning?
1: Pie for breakfast is one of the world's best things. Right. In my humble opinion. Don't judge me. <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely not. My <laughs> for breakfast is great. Why
0: for breakfast is great.
1: Maybe we just need to reverse what meals look like. We eat dinner be first
0: thing in the morning. Yeah. We have breakfast at night. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that there's something in in eggs that wakes you up or that keeps you awake. Really? I may have made that up. Um or it could have been in a TV show and it could have been made up in the TV show, but I feel like I feel like there's something about it that keeps you awake or wakes you up or I haven't done the research. I'm not that kind of, I'm not that kind of doctor or any kind. Um, so, and I did not stay at a holiday and express last night. So <laughs> no special powers. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone will look that up for me. Um, okay. Breakfast for dinner, breakfast anytime. Yeah. I like that. Um, do you have a favorite place you like to travel to vacation to someplace you like to visit?
1: Um, yes. Maine.
0: Maine. Maine. I haven't gone in a while, but
1: I grew up spending summers in Maine, and I love it there. And yes, I will go anytime. It's beautiful. I love it. Yes.
0: I would like to visit Maine. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. That is one Mm -hmm. of the few of the continental states I have not visited. I've never been to Maine. It's gorgeous. Almost all the other ones. Got to get there. Got to get there. One day. Life goals. Um, Yeah do you have a favorite color
1: uh yeah i like um what is this what is that color kind of a deep purple eggplant ish oh sure yeah color that's definitely my jam yeah like dark purple i like it a lot
0: that's cool i like purple
1: i'm i I like colors in general but but uh, i like yeah i gravitate towards orange a lot lately Mm. So, but I think if I have to choose, it's the dark purple.
0: Okay. Purple, purple beats orange. That's important. Um, if you remember, and if you can tell us, remember family show, what's the, what's the last thing you Googled?
1: Oh, what was the last thing I, wait, what was that? Um, this is a
0: harder question than most people realize because we, we probably Google so many it things. Is.
1: Hang on. Cause I know I did it. On my phone, what was that thing? Du, 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 du. Oh, where was the movie "The Holdovers" filmed? I just went oh. to see the movie "The Holdovers." How was it? It was great. It was it's very well done.
0: I was debating um, about whether to whether to to watch it.
1: Highly recommend. Okay, really good. Where was it filmed? Um, it was filmed in Mass, largely in Massachusetts, many different spots. And okay. I wanted to check that because um one of the there it's a it's about a boarding school and I suspected that one of the places they filmed was where my dad went to boarding school growing up and indeed it was. Yeah, really? one of the one of the shots was from yeah, his school. Wow. So that's yeah. neat. Yeah.
0: That's a good so, catch. Yeah. I still is well many my times... mom was
1: with me and she was like, you know, I think <laughs> I think dad. I think that's you know, yeah. I think that's dad that's that was dad's boarding school.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? We need to go. Are you are you are you gonna be in Chicago? Chicago will have passed by the time we release the episode, but we'll I'm speak not like actually. You're not I'm coming? Not,
1: I'm not coming this year. I can't come this year. Yeah. I was
0: gonna invite you. We were gonna drive out to the home alone house.
1: And, oh and take, man. And
0: take selfies, but now all right, will well, let's do it do alone.
1: It. I mean maybe that's I'll get probably other more apropos. Oh, so wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's okay. You'll probably you'll have, I mean
0: Alex Shapiro is the other Alex. That's how that's how I, I know. I refer yes. To her. Yes. Oh
1: for, man. For the people well, listening. I'll 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 be here in Baltimore having FOMO. So you'll you'll have to just go share the pictures. Just yeah, share you'll have pictures. to go to
0: my Instagram to see if I if I got Alex Shapiro out to the homeowner house with me Yeah, yeah. in December. <laughs> Um, cause if, if, if I do, it's, I'm definitely taking a picture and it's, it's going up. Yeah. Um, okay. hundred percent. All right. Important question. Mm. Important frivolous question. Mm. Um, who do you think would win in a boxing match between Frank to Kelly and John Mackey? You knew <laughs> this was coming cause have been listening.
1: That's right. I didn't know it was coming.
0: You probably have a great answer.
1: I don't know that I do. All right. So. I, I feel like hmm. it would be sensible to suspect that Mackey would win. However, I think that Frank would surprise us in that. That's fair. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I have any number of comments that I could make, but I will refrain. From...
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I think
1: it. I think it would be. A, I would. I would watch that. I I'd guess. watch.
0: I'd probably. I would pay per <laughs> view it if I couldn't go to it. Like that's that's how much I'd want. I'd want to I see think it.
1: Frank would surprise us. I mean, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Mackie's younger. He exercises," but you know, I don't yeah.
0: know. Yeah, Frank's got the knowledge. He's got the the wisdom. I think and he experience has some, some
1: surprises up his sleeves.
0: Right. Every now and then, pull so. out a Picardy third, and you right. don't expect that. <laughs> you don't expect that. Yeah. Good answer. I, I mean, I guess. Um, okay. Important question. You guess but, important question when you,
1: <laughs> I mean, these are,
0: these are the unimportant, these are the, the non-consequential yeah, yeah. questions. Um, it could have been a terrible, you could have been like, Oh, yeah, uh, uh, John's going to tag in Stephen Bryant and, <laughs> and then he's going to, he's going to wrestle instead. Um, yeah. I don't know. Nobody said that yet, but anyway, but it's
1: not a bad answer. That's it's not a know, bad answer. I could see yeah, that. Yeah. You know,
0: um okay when when uh when you sleep at night socks on or socks off
1: depends on the season Mm. so summer socks off but winter i run i get cold real easy so i i do socks on okay judge me as you will yeah
0: i'm going to anyway so it's fine
1: yeah yeah just one more thing right (laughs) (laughs) depends on the season
0: that's fair um, if you could do any job other than what you do right now, something non-musical, what do you think it would be?
1: Um, good question. I think that at this point in my life, I would probably be like a physical therapist Ooh, or something really something that does not, does not require sitting at a desk. And I have experienced really good physical therapy and it's quite amazing what it can do. Mm. for a person yeah
0: that's interesting
1: yeah I think um yeah it's so it's so helpful for and for so many things that you would never expect that uh it seems like a a cool thing to do to help people in that way it's like another version of turning something terrible into something beautiful (laughs) I love that
0: (laughs) I love that yeah that's a great answer um are you somebody that binge watches things?
1: Yes, I have been known to do that. Yeah. Not okay. not like in a whole day, but you know, quickly.
0: So if if there's a show that comes out like once a week, do you wait till they're all out so you could watch them in a row or
1: oh no no no, no. no? I would watch it every week. I okay. would space it out. Okay. But if I come across something that has several seasons out already, you I might go. end up I might go for it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah.
0: That's fair. Do you have a, your favorite time of day to write?
1: Favorite time of day to write. Hmm. I kind of like, it's weird, but I do, I do well mid late afternoon Mm, and dusk and stuff. That's a good, that's a good time for me. My brain is very good in the morning. So I do some, I do, I do things in the morning, but I feel like I have, A little more um creativity available in the later afternoon. That's fair. Yeah. So I love kind of again, it sort of depends on the seasons, I think. But um yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, um, I don't know if that was 10 questions or not. I don't care. (laughs) Um where can everybody find you out in the world on the socials and whatnot?
1: The best place to find me is probably at my website, which is Alexandra Gardner, all one word.net. Dot N-E-T dot net. Um, that is the best place to find me, but I am on, am I on Twitter? I'm leaving Twitter, so I'm not even going to talk about that, but yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram as Alex Gardner and I am on Facebook too. I've been pretty absent on social media lately. So my website is definitely like the way to get hold of me and email all those ways is great.
0: Love that. So find Alex in all the places where she is, check out the music, play the music, perform the music, buy the music, commission the new music. And watch for her ambient electronic CD uh, coming out in 2024. See, now I've announced it, so you've got to do it.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening <laughs> now.
0: Well, Alex, thanks so much. I enjoyed our our conversation. I hope that you did too.
1: I totally did. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. I will miss you in Chicago, but... Um, I'll miss you too. If you're listening at home, I missed her in Chicago like three weeks ago, so it's really fine.
1: <laughs> well, and I hope you all got to see Jason in Chicago.
0: And so I'll say, Happy New Year, fun. since it's already passed. Happy
1: New Year to you! <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Alex. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Composer chats brought to you by SCM Media. Is your audience dead? Bring it back to life. And thanks to my guests this week, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to watch for next week's episode with the next composer on my list. And you can find my other podcasts, Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim, Sci-Fi, Drama, anywhere that podcasts are streamed. Listen free. Seasons 1 through 3 are out now. You can find me on Instagram at jasonnitch.composer. You can find me on threads at jasonnitch.composer. You can find me on the Facebooks if you're old like me, Jason K. Niche. You can find me on the web at jasonnitch.com or at beyondthebeltpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.